While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. South Coast tonight. It is debate night. We have the candidates for Bristol County Sheriff here with us. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm Chris McCarthy. And we have uh, Sheriff Tom Hodgson in with us. Sheriff, thanks for coming in. Marcus, Chris, thanks for having me. Attleboro Mayor Paul Haro as well. Thanks for coming, Paul. So, so uh, just laying out the, the ground rules again, I sent them the rules ahead of time. Uh, each candidate will get an opening and closing statement. Um, uh, the, the, the debate will begin with Chris and I asking the candidates questions. The candidates have two minutes to respond. There will be an opportunity for a one-minute rebuttal if a candidate is addressed in another candidate's statement. Towards the end of the first hour, each candidate has prepared a question or two to ask the other candidate. Um, and... There will be time for closing statements at the end of the two-hour debate. In the second hour of the debate, there will be phone calls. Uh, we ask you to keep it brief. Ask your question. You take your answer off air. If you're trying to get through, um, if you're trying to get through, just keep on trying. The phone lines will be full, but we're going to clear those calls. So uh, a coin flip decided who was going to be first and who was going to be last uh, in their opening and closing statements. Sheriff Hodgson, we'll start with your two-minute opening statement. Well, first of all, I want to thank WBSM, and I want to thank Chris, you, and Marcus, uh, and Channel 6 now, uh, who's also joined us, uh, for the opportunity to have the listeners really uh, be able to hear from both candidates and understand the stark differences between us both. Um, my opponent uh, has no law enforcement experience. In fact, he has very little corrections experience. Um, it's, um, his, his role was never in a leadership position, a not a decision maker. Um, <clears throat> he served two years in, in Philadelphia, uh, prison as a, uh, administrator, basically a paper pusher for the commissioner. And, um, and I think his last show, he admitted that he was invited once in a while into high level, uh, decision maker meetings. Um, he, and then he ha was given a governor's appointment to be at the DOC as the director of, uh, planning and research, which is again, basically a support. Uh, job to the real decision makers and the managers to give them, you know, statistics and information, um, and that's fine. That's that's what he does. And, and the difference between he and I, I've been in this business for thir over thirty years in law enforcement. I've been the sheriff for twenty five. I've committed to this job, this passion of keeping the people of my community safe. On the other hand, my opponent has, and this is where our differences lie. He's hopped from 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 one political job to the next to the next. He went to Washington D.C. Uh, he said right after he got elected as mayor and hadn't even started his next term, it said he had to go to Washington because a group down there was pressuring him to run for two, one of two higher offices. I didn't ask the, pe the people in Washington. I asked the people in this county, and I've been reelected by the people of this county. And that's why I think um, I've been endorsed by all of the law enforcement um, community uh, in and around Bristol County, including the former uh, attorney general, who is a Democrat, of course. Uh, Francis Bellotti, and I'm so proud to have his endorsement as well. But at any rate, I, I think this debate will be good for people to really draw the differences, and he and I will have some discussions, and we'll, I'm sure, make clear between ourselves what, what the differences are and which why, why each of us thinks we're, we're the better choice. Mayor Harrell. Uh, thank you. <clears throat> so I am running for this office because I felt compelled to run. Um, the things I've seen and the things I've heard about what's going on at the Bristol County Sheriff's Office um, are less than professional, and they certainly could be improved upon. Now, I worked in the Philadelphia prison system. It was a county jail. It was a mega jail, 9,500 inmates, and I worked in intake, B1. I um, w had access to inmates every single day, talked with them every day. They'd often ask me if I was a, a social worker or sometimes a lawyer. Um, you know, that was what I did when I was in the Philadelphia jail system. And then when I was in the Mass Department of Correction, I applied for that job. It wasn't just an appointed position. It was a, um, an M7 manager. And so I had a staff of about 14 people under me. 
And so it was a mid-level management position. And after I had uh, worked in jail and worked in prison, I went back to grad school. And then I ran for state rep and uh, then mayor. And, you know, the folks of Attleboro had asked me to run for mayor. Uh, they felt like it was time for change. And now as, um, as mayor, a lot of people have asked me to run for uh, sheriff because it's uh, certainly time for change as well. I'm not the type of person who believes in a mayor for life or a sheriff for life. I think that term limits are a healthy thing for executive capacity, um, you know, uh, organizations. You know, if you have a person that's in office for too long, the, you know, the, you start to uh, see the organization adopt the personality of that uh, individual, whatever, wherever it is. So I'm not going to be sheriff for life. I want to go in, make the system better, and then move on. You know, and that's exactly what I've done as mayor. You know, as mayor, I was elected with 54% and then re-elected with 67% and then re-elected with 66%. So the people of Attleboro have trusted me to do a good job. And this is my final term as mayor. And even if I wasn't running for this office, I would be moving on. Because like I said, I don't want to be mayor for life and I won't be sheriff for life. So thank you. So, so, so my opponent just said that he, he didn't want to be sheriff for life. And I think he reiterates my point about his being a politician as opposed to being somebody who's committed to a profession. Number one, um, if I if this wasn't an elected position, I wonder if my opponent would say that after 25 years I shouldn't be doing the job if it was a, a job that I I was hired for. Or is it? But he sees everything through a political lens. Unfortunately, this is a job that requires. It's a complex job that involves. He said it's not a law enforcement job. He says he's a great researcher. Look at the definition. Go to the dictionary. It says the sheriff is the number one law enforcement official in the county. The Supreme Judicial... Can I... May I? Go ahead. 2017, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial uh, Court said that a sheriff is not a police officer. The job of a sheriff is corrections in Massachusetts. You're, you're kind of a wannabe. I mean, you want to be a police officer, even though you were run out of Maryland, you know, after you served uh, time as a police officer. Okay, you, want to, you want to tell me what that means? Because I'm not going to sit here and let hey, you hey, make hey, false look. accusations like you have, Mr. Harrell. Okay. I, you're the one that's made a lot of accusations against me. No, no, no. I, no oh, I, absolutely. No, you, Mr. Hurrell. Absolutely. No, wait a minute. Now, I'm you're not going to get away. I know you. I, I know all you about you. You don't know me. You don't know me. Well, let's get so to the We get met to the once point. years you, ago. Mr. Mr. Guys, Mr. guys. We're gonna we're gonna get to questions. Okay, but we will have time. We will have time to you guys will have time to address each other in that way later on. But I want to start with the first question of the debate because we're, we're, let's get to the policy issues at hand. The first question, of course, uh, there was a high profile suicide at the Ash Street Jail of Adam Howe. Mm -hmm. We learned uh, we learned uh, a couple weeks later that there was a suicide attempt six minutes earlier uh, before Adam Howe was discovered. Uh, there has been a broader conversation over the years about suicide attempts at Bristol County. There is data from uh, that had showed from a period of 2016, I mean 2006 to 2018, that the Bristol County Sheriff's Office had the highest suicide rate um, in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Is Bristol County is the Bristol County Sheriff's Office doing enough to prevent suicide uh, to pre uh, for, for suicide prevention? If not, what more can be done? We'll start with Sheriff Hodgson. Oh, well, we absolutely are. In fact, uh, I noted that Mr. Harrow today sent out this press release that these are the these are the protocols he believes should be in place to prevent suicide mr Ho mr Rowe, we've been doing these things for years every single thing on here in fact we've gone further than that okay the person that runs our medical unit mm -hmm. has been studying suicides for decades he's been been working on an invention that would no notify officers about what when somebody was about to commit suicide and they've been working to perfect this for quite some time. So for you to, to suggest all these things, I, I appreciate that because you know what you did? You reaffirmed every single thing we're doing and you've made it so that it was your idea. It's not. We've been doing this for years. And if you are going to sit here and tell us that in the, in the audience that suicides, suicide you do know is the number one cause of death in prison. Do you know that, right? Do you know that, Mr. Pro? Um, I didn't know you were asking me questions. I'm asking right you now. a question. Do you know is that? this one of the two questions that he's going to get to ask me? I want to follow the rules okay, fairly. Well, okay, you don't want to answer the question, so it is. Well, it's I, the number one. It's the number one cause of of death in prisons, and everybody in the prison system knows that you take you follow certain protocols. We follow all of these. We do all the screenings, and if somebody ever comes into our facility, like like the the gentleman, the how gentleman, God rest his soul and his family. I feel we feel badly for that, but the reality is. If there's no indication that this person and our, the, we, he was sent to us after after a after a psych valve was done at Cape Cod, 
They said he was cleared for arrest. If he wasn't and there was any indication, even after that, when we did the screening and he answered yes to any question, he would have immediately gone to a crisis center. None of that happened. In fact, my person went an extra mile and said, hey, you know, it was a serious crime. Let's just put him into Johnny anyway, even though it's not required by procedure. And you can't leave it up to officers to pick and choose and decide, you know, when they want to, they want to uh, do eyeball watches or whatever else. Um, well, Mayor Rowe, it's got an answer. Two See, minutes. So you say that you're doing all of those things. Those things I wrote up from my memory of working in jail and prison, which then underscores the point that I do have experience working in jail and prison. But, num but additionally, you're not doing all those things because one of the points on that list asks for an independent review to come in and look at your practices, which you have not done. You you're wrong. Yeah, uh, sheriff, I'll not explain when he's, sheriff, why he's wrong. Sheriff, sheriff. Okay, I get the rebuttal. You, you, Go yeah, ahead. You get an extra. You get an extra thirty seconds. Sorry. Thank you. So that was only two seconds. Go ahead. So the you know the independent review that I would ask for, okay, would be made public. You know, we would uh, have somebody come in, ask for an independent review. Now, sheriff, you're laughing there, but this is not a laughing matter. You have the highest rate of suicide in the state, and you're not doing anything about it. You're wrong, Marcus. You're dead wrong, sheriff. Gotta let Mayor okay, go ahead, speak. Mayor. Go ahead. Okay. I'll make the notes. Okay. For someone that's been in law enforcement for as long as you say, you lack discipline with interruptions. Oh, no. I'm very disciplined. Thank you for making okay. my point. There you go. Um, so we need an independent review to come in and look at this. And I'm not talking about the American Correctional Association, which is a pay-to-play organization where you get your, you know, certifications just because you've paid. You know, I mean, that's, I'm not talking about having the ACA come in. We have, you know, a lot of time in advance to look at something. I want an independent review. So I'm going to come in, offer suggestions. After this uh, tragedy, the uh, sheriff basically said, nope, we're doing everything perfect. He, he pushes it on everyone else. He blames, you know, Cape Cod. He blames St. Luke's. He blames everyone else. He never takes responsibility, not just for this, but for anything across the board. And so, you know, yes, I sent out my policy paper on suicides, but one of the things that's in that that you seem to have overlooked is that independent review. And that's something that's uh, missing. It's, you know, getting a, somebody else to look at it. But you have the highest rate of suicide in the state. You have a job as the sheriff Care, custody, control, and rehabilitation. Care, custody. Okay, you're failing at your basic job of keeping people safe. You know, I, 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 I'm very disappointed with the, uh, you know, the response that you gave. It was, it was just a total passing of the buck. So let me, let me, let me respond. Number one, uh, you said the ACA accreditation is just a pay for play. Okay, shame on you. Shame on you. These are the experts in the business, Mr. Hero. Shame on you. Number two, you didn't mention anything about the independent review that we just went through for three solid days by the National Commission on Correctional Healthcare, which we've passed with flying colors year after year when they've come in. Exhaustive three days by experts, doctors, not people like you, Mr. Hero, who want to write things and presume things and then think that that's policy. You don't understand the job of Sheriff, Mr. Hero, but let me just say this. If we were to believe what you just said, that the ACA and the NCCH are pay to play, so obviously they're going to give you good reviews, then all those certificates you have on your website, we don't, we don't see your diplomas. They're nowhere to be seen on your website. But you paid, to get, you paid to go to those colleges, didn't you? Didn't you pay to go to those colleges? And are those things that you claim, those certificates, invalid because you paid? Is that a question I'm supposed next, to answer? Next question. Okay. Um, You'll have to. All right. So speaking on behalf of the people who aren't incarcerated, um, who are concerned about this race, um, obviously it's very important what goes on inside the jail. But as the sheriff has made a point, and, and you guys dis disagree on this, about the law enforcement scope of the job. One of the things I know from working in the news business and being around here is that the sheriff's department does, does have a very large role outside of the jail, working on the streets, working with drug task force. Recently, you, you, the canine units came in to help control the kids at the New Bedford High School or the football game. We've used them over in Freetown when I was on the board of selectmen. We sent our prisoners to you. Um, and we'll send them to, to, to Sheriff Haro if he's the uh, sheriff going forward, should he continue that policy. So talk a little bit about the law enforcement role of the sheriff's department. We're gonna start with Mayor Haro. Yeah, go ahead. So the sheriff's uh, capacity. Sheriff of Massachusetts, Massachusetts have a limited law enforcement 
authority. Um, you know, the, the main job of a sheriff in Massachusetts is to run the county jail. That's the main job. Now, can they get involved with law enforcement? Yes. Should they? Probably not in the way that law enforcement is currently being done by local, state, and uh, federal. You know, the, the sheriff talks about, um, you know, how he keeps people safe. He's the only one that's actually saying that he's keeping people safe. There is no actual evidence that his law enforcement activities are like keeping people safe. Where's the independent review? Again, you're, you're awful impressed with yourself, but you don't actually have anybody looking at what's going on independently. Um, you know, there's, there's no reports published on your uh, website, on your government website. There's, you know, so the law enforcement end of things is something that the, the, the incumbent, the sheriff, um, talks about, but I don't know if he really understands the job of a Massachusetts sheriff. I've talked to other sheriffs throughout Massachusetts, and they say that this guy is as a cowboy. He's he's out on a limb. I mean, do, doing things that you know that are are not necessary because we have local, state, and federal law enforcement. The job of a sheriff is to run the county jail. 2017 Supreme Judicial Court said that a sheriff is not a police officer. Gernrich. Commonwealth Massachusetts versus Gernwich. I'm sure you know about it. You know, so, um, you know, you're not a police officer. I know you want to be a police officer, but you're not a police officer. The job is to run the jail. Now, the jail can and should continue to work with local, state, and federal law enforcement on different criminal activities. Absolutely, that should go on. It, it, I believe it's currently going on. But there's a huge overstatement about this incumbent's actual law enforcement activities. What he's doing is he's dangling this issue of, I'm going to keep you safe. Meanwhile, people are not really paying attention to the failures going on inside the jail, like the high rate of suicide. Well, okay, first of all, let's 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 just start with the fact that you have no police endorsements. There's a reason for that, Mr. Harrell, and the reason that all these law enforcement agencies, including Massachusetts State Police, are endorsing me. So don't talk to me about whether or not they think I'm qualified and that we have a law enforcement role. We do. We are on task forces throughout this county. We're on federal task forces. We're involved in communities where we're actually our, our law enforcement deputies are out there. And, and it's clear what you're doing here, Mr. Rowe. You're attempting to sort of cater and, and pare down what the responsibility office of sheriff is because you, you don't have that experience. You can't talk to it. You've never been through the academy. I graduated from the Leadership Academy down at Quantico for FBI. Mm -hmm. I'm a certified crime prevention specialist out of the Southern Police Institute. And you know what, Mr. Harrell? I started the Homeland Security Task Force in this county. I was on the front steps of the Capitol when those planes hit, and I came back up here, and every one of those law enforcement agencies were, were happy I took that lead. Because you know what? My job is to protect the citizens of our county. That's why we have the senior programs. That's why we have one of the cutting edge. We just got a $750,000 grant on our juvenile program to prevent kids from walking through the front door of the jail. That has everything to do with public safety. But to say we're not law enforcement, talk to Judge, talk to Judge Garth, who just wrote an appellate decision when we were in New Bedford patrolling the streets. We're, we are law enforcement, Mr. Hero. As much as you don't want it to be, and you want it to be, Mr. Hero. You, corrections, which you don't have a lot of experience in. you got three years in it. But you want it to be just that because it's the only thing you can speak to and you can't even speak with a, lot of, with a lot of integrity around it. You have no law enforcement experience. You know it. And you want to sort of pare this down and say, this is really just really the main job of corrections. Nowhere does it say that. We have sheriffs up in the West that are, that are patrolling streets up there right now. So don't tell me that they don't have the power of arrest. We do. And you don't understand the job. And frankly, you didn't even understand when you, if you read the definition, it says the chief law enforcement officer in the county, in the county, Mr. Mr. Rowe, and, and you can't speak to law enforcement because you don't have any experience. One minute rebuttal. So I oversee a police department of 35, I'm sorry, 85 police officers and support staff. The, at no point did I say it's not law enforcement. I said it's not a police officer. Okay, so, you know, it, yeah, you're shaking your head, but you're, your hands are also shaking. You look very nervous. Your hands, nervous. Your, hands, hands your, your hands are shaking a moment ago. So, you know, basically, the, you know, I, first of all, I've worked in jail, and I worked in prison, and I was, I'm the mayor of a city that has a $165 million budget overseeing 500 employees. I have far more experience in management and corrections than you had when you were appointed two and a half decades ago. I have much more experience as management. I mean, you, like I have, you said I, I only worked three years in corrections, two years at the Philadelphia jail, year and a half, a little bit more than a year and a half in the mass prison system. I did some consulting work with other jails. That's much more than you had. You didn't have any corrections experience when you were appointed to the position. 
You were a police officer, and that's not the job of running a Massachusetts jail. It's a well, different mindset. Well, much like, much like Mr. Hero has done, like our 40% rate that you misread, because you you're not a great researcher, you misread a report and said we had the highest recidivism rate in the, in the state. You were wrong, Mr. Hero, and I hope you'll admit it on the air here. Number two, for, for you to suggest somehow your, your, your last comment that you, you were talking about this whole law enforcement thing, you, don't, you, you continue Mr. Hero, to suggest that we're not law enforcement, and we are, and you know we are, right? And and so I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and argue your point that you want it to be something different. That's what you're talking about, and that's exactly wrong. You don't know what you're talking about, and and it's pretty obvious to most people out there. Nobody's complained. Have the citizens complained that, that, about our law enforcement work out there? Do you know? Of course you don't, because you don't know what's going on here. You have no idea. Mayor, so, um, so, he asked me a question. My, the questions he's asking, I mean, they're, they're almost the questions formed in the phrase of an accusation. I mean, uh, do you want me to respond to that? Sure, 30 seconds. Yes, I have heard from citizens. Okay, I have talked to a lot of citizens. And they, are, they don't feel safe. They do not feel safe with you. You can't even keep the people that are under your custody safe. You know, the people that with the highest rate of suicide, again. You know, and you have nothing to say about that. I do. You know, please don't. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. Go ahead. Go on. The people of uh, Bristol County are ready for change. You know, the, the two, two and a half decades of this is not healthy. It, it, we, you're not doing any new ideas. You have no idea whether or not your programs work or not. You have no idea whether or not you are keeping people safe. You just say you do. You talk like a tough guy. You act like a tough guy. But that doesn't mean you're keeping people Time. safe. You were state, re you were state rep, weren't you, Mr. Hurrell? You were state rep Good. for six years? You 30 seconds. You were state rep. Did you ever call my office once if you felt we were ever doing anything wrong in your six years? Did you ever come and visit us? You didn't, Mr. Hurrell. Yes, actually, I did. I reached out to you through the Mass Sheriff's Association. Oh, and you didn't call me, did you, Mr. Hurrell? I did it through the Mass oh, Sheriff's the, Association. Yeah, of course you, you did. ignore me. Of course you did. Well, let's, let's, I end, did, it, let's I did end it reach with out. this. Let's end it with this. Whether you like it or not, the American Correctional Association, which is the gold standard for corrections across this nation, we are nationally accredited 100% back-to-back over six years, which is almost unheard of. And the NCCH, which is the National Commission on Correctional Health Care, just did their review. And you know what they said about our mental health program? We met every standard, and we were exceeding in so many others. So I, you're the last person, Mr. Hero, I would look to to tell me anything about what, what proper procedures are or standards in corrections. You have Time. no clue. And the U.S. So, so No, hold on. We're going to go to the next question. So the next question, recidivism was mentioned. The report that Sheriff Hodgson uh, uh, that, uh, talked about that you cited during the, um, during the campaign was mentioned about the 40% recidivism rate of residents of Bristol County. That did include uh, state, federal, and uh, local, uh, local jails. The question I have uh, is, Sheriff Hodgson, you say that there, isn't an, uh, that there isn't any data, there isn't any way that has been formulated to measure recidivism in any county jail. Are you working to measure recidivism? And if so, what do you think the best way to reduce recidivism is? And for people who don't know what recidivism uh, is, it's basically when somebody reoffends after they've been released in prison and end up back uh, in jail. Sheriff Hodgson. Sure. Um, my opponent said the exact same thing. He wrote this article right here. It said you can't measure the programs in, in, in recidivism in the prisons because there's no researchers available to do it, and that's the truth. In fact, in this report, uh, there is a woman who's quoted saying, no prison system in the, in the country measuring the outcomes of programs aimed at reducing recidivism. Um, on a case-by-case -case basis, when a Department of Correction is able to get a researcher or a grant measure programs, they do. That's why right now the... The MSA, Mass Sheriff's Association, and the state have been working to try to come up with a formula that everybody can consistently measure on recidivism. Now, we do measure. We measure outcomes for, for grants. We measure the, the, um, the recidivism levels in those regards. Keep in mind, those, those, are, those are great measures if you can do it, but nobody's been able to do it consistently across this country unless you have somebody that needs to go through all these records, go through all the records, excuse me, go through all the records, keep the statistics, which cost money, right? That's why you don't see the sheriff's offices all have this, these researchers available. Sometimes we have somebody right now, um, I believe from Tufts, that's working with us on, on one of our grants, and they're doing all the, all the assessments to see what they can uh, come up with with outcomes, right? So, so we do what every other sheriff's office is doing. Some have more research people to do more, more statistics, but it's not consistent 
in the measure of the of the outcomes for recidivism. Mayor Harrell. So first, I will address that. Unlike you, I admit when I am wrong about something, and the 40% number was referring to Bristol County, not Bristol County jail inmates coming out. So I uh, I also changed uh, you know my messaging on that after I found out that I was wrong about that. And that's critically important to admit when you're wrong. Um, unlike you, you, you don't what, ever what, admit that. Sheriff Hodgson, you have to let right, Mayor finish. I'll ask what he's talking about later. Speak. So thank you. So recidivism is extremely important to measure. And first of all, you misquoted the article I wrote in the Huffington Post. I didn't say that it can't be measured. I actually wrote the report on recidivism, the fifth largest jail system in the country, you know, back in uh, 2008. Okay, I actually did that. It's a skill set I have that you don't have, you know, looking at recidivism. I've listened to you talk about, uh, like, recidivism. You don't understand recidivism. You really don't. You know, you don't know how to measure it. You don't know how uh, you can, can look at programs to find out if they're working or not. This can and should be done. You've been in the job for 25 years, and you have no idea whether or not the programs you're offering are keeping people safe. You have no idea if the programs you're offering, what limited programs there are, I hear there's not much, but you have no idea if they're actually wasting taxpayer dollars. This has been going on for 25 years. You can and should measure programs. I did it myself. Uh, you know, and you also, you know, you said that, you know, you are reporting on outcomes for grants. What are these outcomes? I don't think you know the difference between output and an outcome. An outcome actually looks at a change in behavior. An output is how many people you're servicing. I understand that. How many more times are you going to interrupt me? I mean, my goodness, I thought you were disciplined. I'm acknowledging. I'm acknowledging. So the, you know, the... Recidivism as a measure is extremely important because it actually is an indicator as to whether or not people are going out of the system and then coming back in. Now, a program that works can help reduce recidivism by 10 to 15 percent. And with further discharge planning, you can get that up to 30 percent. That doesn't mean every person is going to actually be uh, successful. So you're going to have some people fail. But it's more people are successful than not. And you have no idea whether or not that's going on in your own jail after two and a half decades. Chair Foster, one minute rebuttal. Well, again, uh, thank you for that diatribe. Um, but you're you're actually just speaking in, in in words because you don't really understand. I just finished telling you there is no re way to measure recidivism consistently. And why would the mass sheriffs ask Senator Bronsberger? I was on the one on one commission. Ask Senator Ron what did Senator Bronsberger say? We can't even think about using the term recidivism. Did you just mumble something? It seemed like you did. Um, it's it, the recidivism. Even Senator Bronsberger said, we're not even going to bother using that term right now because we don't have any real way to measure this. And you know that, Mr. Hero. You, 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 know, you, you may like research. The job of a sheriff isn't to be a researcher. You're supposed to find the best researchers and find the best people and put them in the right places. You're not supposed to be the one who is the smartest person in there. You're supposed to be the one that finds the smartest people, mo motivates them, and builds leadership teams to, pre pre prevent, to, to create a sheriff's office that can get nationally accredited like we have at the best standards in the industry. <clears throat> One minute, and then we're going to move on to the next question. The U.S. Senate found that it was a pay-to-play scheme with the American Correctional Association. You said shame on me a moment ago. Shame on you. You're, you're, you're conning the people of Bristol County. You are a fraud. You're not keeping people safe. You have no evidence that what you're doing is keeping people safe. In fact, all the research on this and the way you treat people and the way you treat inmates says you're actually going to make them worse off after relieving jail. And you're too uh, stubborn to ever admit when you make a mistake. We've seen that over and over again, especially most recently with the suicides. So, you know, don't tell me that, you know, you're get this accreditation that you pay for. The U.S. Senate looked at this. The 1,200 organizations paid. Only four did not get accreditation. And you were one of those that got the accreditation. You have time to you know prepare before they come in. But it's a meaningless accreditation. And if you don't pay, you don't get it. Well, my staff would tell you that you know, thank you very much for all the hard work that they've done to earn that. Shame on you, Mr. Hero. Shame on you. And number two, if you don't want to believe it because it's not convenient, it doesn't fit your political narrative, which is what you've tried to create here, we're one of the best-run facilities in the nation, whether you like it or not. And you know what, Mr. Hero, You ought to be ashamed of yourself suggesting that my staff didn't earn that. You know what? There's, those, there's questions about your resume and all those supposed certificates and diplomas and, and the one university in London you went to that's really a socialist university. You know what, Mr. Hurrell? You, you're, you're, if you were to believe what you just said, then those, those certificates that you got, you paid to get those, didn't you? Are they any good? Are those people just paid the pay to play? Is that what this is? Come on. The listeners out there aren't stupid. The people in this county aren't stupid, Mr. Rowe. 
So, so you went to a socialist university. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you like 15 mm -hmm. seconds to address that. The London School of Economics is where I did founded a master's in. Um, doesn't matter. It was founded by University of Pennsylvania. Was founded by Benjamin Franklin. I have a master's in criminology from there. Do you have any masters in criminology? Or, no, no, you don't. So, and I did all the coursework for a doctor in criminology. That's why I'm pretty good when it comes to statistics and research methods. I just never did the dissertation because I went off to work in the Philadelphia jail system instead. So, yes, I went to Harvard. I have a master's in public administration. Went to the London School of Economics. Have a master's from there. Went to the University of Pennsylvania. Master's there. Bachelor's in psychology from the University of Southern California. You want me to apologize for working hard? I'm still paying off my student loans. Oh, I know that. I know. I know about that. But you know that university. So, so, you went to? so we're actually going to move on to the next question. So, guys, again, as a representative of the guys who aren't in jail, um, one of the big signature issues, Tom, that you have made at the jail has been and. Illegal immigration. You've become one of the loudest voices on illegal immigration, whether you agree with you or not. You've certainly been all over the national stage using the bully pulpit, talking about the problems of illegal immigration. You've testified down in Washington. You've expanded the job of sheriff and warning people about illegal immigration. A lot of people have followed your lead over the years. We do have a ballot question coming up to give illegal aliens the potential to get a driver's license here in Massachusetts, the one through the legislature. Um, <clears throat> Talk a little bit about the role of sheriff as a bully pulpit, your role in legal immigration, and Mr. Haru, if, you, if that's not your signature issue, which I don't believe it is, if there's a signature issue, you would try to um, trumpet from the <clears throat> position of sheriff. Start with uh, Sheriff Hodgson. So I started working on immigration reform uh, not long after I took over as sheriff, um, and, and I, I did with Barney Frank and Henry Hyde in a bipartisan bill, passed the House. Since that time, both sides of the aisle have failed to pass immigration reform and have frankly been saying, you know what, Mrs. Smith and Mrs. Jones in Bristol County and Suffolk County and everywhere else, your kids that are dying from the drugs pouring in here, their lives don't matter. Our politics are more important. And I've been committed to doing everything I can. And look at the fentanyl problem right now. We're losing 300 young adults a day in this nation. And people in Washington don't care. We have laws in this country. And the bottom line is, you follow the laws. If, you don't, if the laws aren't going to be changed by the legislators, then... You have to follow the law. But the, the fact the legislators took the same oath we did in Washington and here, and they don't want to follow it, they want to pick and choose who they think could be specially treated around the law, don't ask me in law enforcement to do that. Don't ask any of my colleagues in the PDs or anywhere else or any sheriff in this nation to do it. Because the bottom line is this. Our job is first and foremost to protect the people of our counties. And we lost a girl up here, a, a, a mother, Single mother with a two-year-old child. Her father had been deported twice, came back, was deported for, for serious crimes. She didn't want to see him on Father's Day. She was going to see him the next day. He didn't like that. He pulled up in the parking lot there in New Bedford and shot and killed her. Now we have an angel child. And we have, I've dealt with so many angel moms all over this country, Maureen Maloney and Milford, three people killed by illegal aliens. Her son was dragged a quarter of a mile on a motorcycle by an illegal who had been picked up for drunk driving before. Three people in two years in Milford. We can't stand by and allow that. I promised the people in my county that I would do everything I could, work with every federal, state, and local agency to maximize the potential to keep them safe. And I will never, ever do anything different because that's my charge. Mayor Hurrell. It's interesting the sheriff is talking about following the law because he said he would not follow the law when Tony Cabral talked about filing legislation and passing legislation to keep sheriffs away from uh, uh, voting booths and uh, polling locations. You said you would not follow that law that the legislature passed. You also are not following the state ethics law. You use campaign, uh, your government resources to campaign. So that's just interesting you would talk about that. Now, the, the, oh, okay. the sheriff has no statutory authority to enforce federal law. You don't have any legal authority to enforce. Now, is immigration an important issue? Absolutely. And I actually agree with you on the fact that the Port Washington hasn't done much about this. You know, I completely agree with that. Absolutely. And they can and should be doing more about this. True. We're in agreement about that. But what you're doing is you're using this issue, this immigration issue, as, a, as an, an issue that people get angry about and people are emotional about, and using that to distract from the fact that you failed a Department of Public Health audit, from the fact that the state auditor found that you misappropriated uh, over $300,000. 
from the fact that the state attorney general found that you were violating the civil rights of citizens. You know, so you dangle this, you know, emotional anger provoking issue off to the side to distract people from what's not really going on at your jail, which is that it's not being run as good as it should be run. I've worked in two other facilities and I've worked with a bunch of others. I've seen good management and from the outside looking in, I'm not seeing it right now. I, I, I see that we could be doing things a lot better. But yeah, immigration is definitely an important issue for the federal government. The job of the sheriff is to run a county jail. That's the main job of a sheriff. Now, we can and should use the bully pulpit to advocate for immigration reform. Absolutely. We're in agreement about that. But the job is not to enforce federal immigration law. You had a chance with that with your ICE contract, but then you blew it. You mismanaged that. And the Department of Homeland Security now has a federal investigation of, uh, about you with that. You know, So, I mean, you had your opportunity and you blew it. Okay, Mr. Hero, again, you, you have nothing but spewing misinformation. It's what you're about. You have no clue. That, that, that federal investigation we've been waiting for for over almost, almost two years now. Okay, it was already completed six months. When Biden took over, they suddenly decided they were going to play a political game, including Mara Healy. I have 205 pages, which you don't know about, of freedom of information. That's going to lay it all out, Mr. Hero. You have no clue what happened in that jail, and you kept saying, I see it from the outside. You know what? That's the problem with you, Mr. Hero. It's all from the outside, your opinions, your research, and all this other nonsense. But you haven't you know, you've been drilled in and learned how to manage your place. I, you haven't managed 640 people day in and day out, set these policies and do all these things. Look, the bottom line is you just said we misappropriated, misappropriated funds. That's a lie. That's a lie, Mr. Hero. That was an accounting error where my, my accountant, when we had the audit, the, the, the uh, ICE had put it in the old account, and it was just sitting in there, but sitting in there for almost a year and a half. We never used that money, and as soon as we were told about it, it was moved over to the proper account. Time. So again, like your 40% lie, this is another lie, Mr. Mr. Hero, and you just jump on these things, you have no idea what you're talking about because you think it's politically advantageous to you, Time, but it, it doesn't work. Mark? Yep, go ahead. You, you blame everything on politics. Oh, the Biden played politics. Oh, Mara Healy played politics. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Other Republicans weren't losing their contract because of mismanagement. Now, as far as my management, yeah, I thank you for interrupting me You're again. Uh, as far as my management, I have a $165 million budget. You have a $60 million budget. Okay, I have 500 employees under me, not including the 700 employees at the school department. So I actually have a lot more management experience than you when at the time that I would be starting uh, sheriff than what you have right now. In fact, right now I manage a larger budget than what you manage. You know, so don't talk to me about management. I mean, you, you constantly try and dismiss, you know, my, my uh, record, my resume. And, you know, and I mean, if you want to go, go after somebody's and in a campaign, attack their weaknesses, not their strengths. I mean, God, my gosh, I don't know who your campaign consultant is, but that's campaign 101. Don't go after somebody's strengths, go after their weaknesses. And, you know, like your, your whole mantra about how you are, you know, trying to keep people safe. Again, you have the highest rate of recidivism. I want people to know this. Marcus is telling me my time is up. Time. So, so okay, Mr. Hogan, you, this is, again, One another minute. lie by you. You said I had no corrections experience before I came, became the sheriff. Didn't you say that? Didn't you say that? That was my understanding. That, you don't well, have okay, any that's your understanding. Again, you're looking at it from the outside. I had two and a half years. I was, wait a minute, let me finish, Mr. Hogan. Let me finish. Two and a half years. I was, the, I was the colonel in charge. I was the colonel in charge of law enforcement, law enforcement under the former sheriff. I was in charge of the canine. I was in charge of internal affairs. And I was liaison to the chief of police, Mr. Harrell, in the Bristol County Sheriff's Office under former Sheriff Dave Nelson. So see, again, you, you're throwing these, I know, I, I'm sure you're impressed because of the way you're smiling. The bottom line is, you didn't know that, Mr. Harrell, did you? But you came out and you started spewing those things, no corrections experience, before I became sheriff. I, and not only that, I've got far more experience than you do managing, Mr. Rowe. You were a state rep. You didn't finish your term. Then you went and ran for mayor, and you went to Washington to find out why you should, why you should, who should tell you what office to run for. Is that really a commitment to the office of sheriff? So, well, so one minute, and then we're going to go to, okay. go to our next question. The hypocrisy is incredible. So you're criticizing me for what you said. I have three years, and even though it's more than that, of corrections experience, when you had actually less corrections experience than me. And yes, I did know that you had a little bit of correction experience. I was baiting you for that. And I, thanks for walking right into it. On top of that... Why would you not admit it? Just, Why is that baiting? I thought we were being honest here. Sheriff Hodgson, okay, please that's let right. Mayor Hero speak. That's Thank right, you. Mr. Rose. Sorry, Thank you. Thank you. So, you know, the... I mean, just that avalanche of BS that you just came out of your mouth like it constantly does. You know, you, again, you you have less experience in corrections than I have. 
right now? You know, like in terms of uh, when you started as sheriff, you have less management experience than I have. You know, when you started, when you were appointed two and a half decades ago, I am the mayor of a city. You and you also didn't finish your term as a city councilor. The people of Attleboro asked me to run for mayor, so I didn't finish my term as a uh, state representative. And then I won with 54%. Are you questioning the judgment of the people of Attleboro? It sounds like you are. And then I was asked to run for uh, sheriff by a lot of people within Bristol County. And when I was campaigning last year, I said this was my third and final term and I will be running for something else and it's exactly what I'm doing. So um, let's talk about that. Uh, Sheriff Hodgson, you've accused Mayor Hero of uh, hopping from office to office. Mayor Hero, you said that um, you've been in uh, you've been in elected office for too long. Um, Sheriff Hodgson, why are you seeking a um, uh, why are you seeking another term for office when you've been in office for 25 years? Mayor Hero, how long would you stay in office for? So we'll start with Sheriff Hodgson. Well, I'm running again because I'm very committed to the the goals and the objectives that we've had and built over the course of time. I have a phenomenal staff. That's why they've all endorsed me, uh, my unions. Uh, the the challenges ahead are the evolving issues around mental health and all these other problems that, that constantly evolve in prisons. And um, and I and I love this job. I've I've committed thir- almost 25 well 25 years now, and there's never been a more important time to have a strong sheriff who understands law enforcement the aspects of law enforcement and and not minimizing the the opportunities that the sheriff's off, office has under the authority of sheriff to give people the most services they possibly can i have those i have those experiences and my opponent doesn't and and so the idea that you know he's suggesting i left my my position i hopped to another job i got appointed by the governor i got appointed in my last year of my last term by the governor. I wasn't looking for a political job, wasn't looking to run for something else. Mr. Hero ran for his office this last term, this past November. Right after he got elected, he said, I'm going to Washington and because people are pressuring me to run for one of two other offices. What about the what about the trust and the honor of having been given those votes and you're turning your you're saying, Oh, I see something better, which seems to be his pattern, and you're gonna walk away from those people? and say you're looking for something more. And why would you have to go to Washington and have somebody tell you what office to run? If you're that committed to the professional, the professional job that this is, and what's the message to the people who work there? Hey, I'm gonna be there one term, maybe two. What commitment is that? As I said, if this wasn't an elected job and I was hired for it, would you be calling for me to leave after 25 years? Thank God my, my father didn't do that and anybody else's father didn't just say, hey, that's it. Mayor Harrell. So you just admitted again that you left your term halfway through because the governor appointed you. Okay, so you left because the Not governor appointed you. It's two-year term as city council. You left halfway through, right? No, no. It was, it was, I was almost three-quarters, well, probably halfway through my last year of my second term. So you still left partway through your term. Mm-hmm. Okay, you left yes. partway through. The people of Attleboro asked me to run for mayor, because the previous mayor had botched the school budget, they lost faith in him. And when I was knocking on doors in 2021, I said to every single person, this is my third and final term, I will be running for something else, and I still won with 66%. People knew, so there was no duping of anybody. This was an honorable thing to do. I'm ready to move on from being mayor. I'm not running again. If I wasn't running for sheriff, I still wouldn't be running for mayor. Excuse me, sheriff. Um, if you know, I, I wouldn't be running for an, a fourth term. You know, you call me a career politician. You've been elected for almost 35 years. I've been elected for less than 10. I mean, that's like the pot calling the kettle black. I mean, it's just. The hypocrisy of you calling me a liar when you actually distort my record over and over again. You know, you said that I voted to cut $5 million from the DOC budget in one of your ads. I didn't vote to cut $5 million from the budget. I voted, I voted against adding $5 million to the budget because, and there is a difference, because the Republicans didn't say how they were going to pay for it. They didn't say where it was going to be used for. And during the last uh, several years, the DOC population went down from over uh, 10000 to around 7000 at the time. Those were the numbers. So why would we want to add money when 
when there was no way to explain how they're going to pay for it. So that's just another example of how, you know, you accuse me, you, you accuse everybody of lying. Oh, this one's lying, that one's lying, this is politics, that's politics. Your pattern is the same as Donald Trump, who you are a super supporter of. You're trying to distance yourself from him right now, but you're an ultra Donald Trump supporter. I've got multiple pictures of you head to toe wearing Trump garb. You know, I mean, it, it, do you I, have pictures of me when I was down at the Obama administration down in Washington? Do you have those pictures too? You don't have those, do you, Mr. Rowe? I don't you, think so. You know what? I don't care what president's down there. If they're willing to help me protect the people in my county by creating policies, by listening to what my people need in my county, in my neighborhoods, I'll be there every time. And I was. And you know what? I was down there when Deputy when Deputy Mayorkas was the deputy under under uh, Homeland Security, the guy, very guy who has lied to the people of this county and took away our, our ICE operation. And that's all going to come out, Mr. Rowe, at the right time. But let me just explain this to you, Okay. For you, for you to suggest, look, your your whole thing about being up, you know, you're, you're misrepresenting this or you're this or you're that. You sound angry, Mr. Hero, because I'm I'm exposing things that you thought you were going to be able to hide for a long time. In fact, you accused me of misappropriating funds. Did you talk at all about your campaign about melding your your, uh, your your campaign funds, your personal account, seventeen occasions? 28 times, Mr. Hero, you put money from your campaign in, 19, in 2019. You moved it into your personal account because your account was your personal account was minimal. It's right in the campaign report. Time. You were, yes, you you did, Mr. Hero. Look at the report, that, Mayor Hero. That's a mischaracterization of what happened. Of course, to, it is. no, it's a total mischaracterization. Of that's what you would do. So I'm actually the one that contacted OCPF and said that I couldn't reconcile what happened with my campaign funds because I had donated to my own campaign account and I had volunteers sometimes doing the uh, like the data entry on that. Okay, so I actually went to OCPF and said, "Hey, I can't figure out what's going on with you know this uh, you know my own campaign finance account." So I. I I, I went and said, can you guys help me out? That's what happened. You know, you're sitting there laughing and you're I smiling. Am. I am. You know, but it, I am. like, I am. You, you accuse me of not knowing what's going on. But meanwhile, you knowingly misrepresent and lie about my record over and over again. You know, I, I've got more management experience right now than you did when you took over as uh, sheriff, when you were appointed to the job. I've got more corrections experience than you had, you know, when you were appointed to the job. And you then say that I'm you know, the person that lacks the qualifications. I mean, would you listen to yourself? You're the biggest hypocrite. You, you and Donald Trump are the same thing. You got, and you would never, even if... Time. Mr. Rowe, so, we're, so we're, Mr. Actually, Rowe. we're actually going to move on to the next question. Chris, go ahead. So one of the things that both of you have in common is you do manage big staffs right now. You as the mayor and you as the sheriff. And um, talk a little bit about you. Your labor relations. Um, I know that you've gotten the endorsement this time around of, of your corrections offices, um, but you have had labor issues in the past. Mayor Haru, we, I don't really know much about Attleboro, to be honest with you. I mean, it's not in our media market, but talk a little bit about your labor relations and how you work with the unions over there, because you're going to have to ha deal with them when you come to the, uh, if you come to the sheriff's office. Talk about that. I think that's a good reference for our people at home to get a sense of both of you. Start with Mayor Harrell. I have a very good relationship with um, all of the unions except for one, and... You know, I have never, unlike the sheriff, I have never lost a ULP, an unfair labor practice. You have lost countless unfair labor practices. One of them went all the way to the federal government because you retaliated against some employees for campaigning for another side. And that went all the way to the federal courthouse. I actually knocked on the person's door who, uh, you know, you lost to. And, and, and that cost a lot of money. Your ego and your you know, uh, stubbornness are costing the taxpayers of Bristol County and Massachusetts a lot of money. I have never lost a ULP. All of my contracts are settled. We're going into contract negotiations right now. I can call up any of the union heads except for one and have a good conversation about anything, you know, and, and they, they can reach out to me. They have my cell phone. We have an excellent relationship. And, you know, as far as endorsements, you can go ahead and talk about all the endorsements you want. You can talk about all the four stars on your shoulder. You can talk about the big boats you have and all these wonderful things I don't have any boats. but you know wh whatever you have you know you got all these toys that have nothing to do with running a jail you know so the fact of the matter is you're not running a jail well okay you know you're not running as well as it should be run uh, and you know you're using these other high profile issues to distract from that fact but you know I'll, I'll just leave it at that that's probably a good idea because you know what mr Rowe? it's it, i think the audience is pretty clear uh whatever toys you have you don't you don't know do you you really don't know, Mr. Hero, and you don't know what the you don't know I, what the vehicles we have there are used for. You don't know about all the different vehicles. You ride them in parades. Okay, okay. No, I don't ride them. I walk. Thank you very much. I've seen you ride. Well, okay. So, so, but, but, Mr. Hero, you know, your whole your whole 
your whole issue is to spew things out there that just aren't true and thinking it somehow it's going to create this narrative for you to help you get elected. And you know what? Unfortunately, you really don't understand. You really don't, Mr. Hero, understand. When you just talked about your campaign report and it was, oh, that was, I misrepresented it. I encourage everybody to go read that report. And in there it says, and it wasn't by accident, Mr. Hero. It wasn't 14, uh, excuse me, 17 occasions. 28 times you put money from your campaign account in there. Yes, you did loan your campaign some money, and then you overpaid yourself when your when your when your personal pay, uh, your personal checking account was low, and it says it right in the report. So uh, don't take my word for it. No, no, Mr. Rowe, I'm going to let other people. You want to interpret it your way? Let the public read it, and they'll decide. But here's the point, Mr. Rowe. You have continued, continued to spew these things. You called me a racist. You you basically said I I need to apologize for some. You wanted me to adopt a narrative about a, a wardrobe tie, okay? That you wanted to make believe was had some Confederate affiliations. You want me to adopt that as to the motive of why I wore that patriotic tie? But let me tell you something. That's bad enough. You did that. You know what's worse? That you put my grandsons in a situation where they're out in the community and they have people who would walk up to them and go, "Oh, your grandfather's a racist." You ought to be ashamed of yourself. And I'm going to ask you right now to do this, Mr. Hero. You owe my grandkids an apology because you know why? They're both biracial, both my children. And how dare you? How dare you? But this is typically what you do along with your, your left-wing groups that follow you, the ACLU, the, the Bristol County for Correctional Justice, and the social justice groups. They've been doing it for years. But you know what? You can say, say that to me all you want. Shame on you. You owe my, my grandchildren an apology. Time. And I hope you do that right now on the air because you owe it to them time mayor hero so campaign finance i paid myself back is what i was doing i loaned my campaign account and then i paid myself back and it was uh you know a mess and i admit that and i went looking for help on that you want me to apologize for you for wearing confederate memorabilia i don't know what's in your heart but i know that that is a, right that now. that tie and what it stands for was slavery okay it was slavery it's sold as a confederate tie I provided the web uh, links to the newspapers. They, you know, it was actually Chris right here, Chris McCarthy. You asked me to provide evidence of that, and I, I showed you the evidence of that where it can actually be found, and you can purchase that. That is the, one of the problems that you refuse to admit when you make a mistake. That was a mistake to wear that. You can, I've heard you continue to have that hanging on your uh, jail walls at Dartmouth. Okay, that that is a. It was created by somebody named Stephen Harris. He designs Confederate memorabilia. It's sold as Confederate memorabilia. And, you know, that, that's what it was. Now, maybe you didn't know. But what I do know is that you're on the board of advisors for FAIR, whose founder is a white supremacist who said that white people are just better. And you're on the board of advisors for that group. Time. And Sheriff you, Hodgson. And, 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 and so here you go. You're going to each get a minute, by the way. Yeah, here, here you go, Mr. Rowe. These, these are the kinds of things people do when they're desperate and they don't have something really to talk about. They start doing these kinds of things because they don't have the qualifications to run for the position they're running for. So they do this. And we see it in your, in your party and your left-wing groups, okay, because that's where you are. You're, you, you actually appeared 40 times on Putin's propaganda network, 40 times. And you knew it was a propaganda network and you still appeared on it, number one. Number two. Um, and that university was tied into those socialist sort of views in England. But at any rate, that's another story. But, but for you to suggest somehow, okay, that I was wearing a Confederate tie, I'm not going to buy your narrative, Mr. Hero. And you know what? Is Tim Scott, the senator, is, is he a racist too? Because he was wearing one on Fox News the other day that looked just like it. Same thing. So, you know, Mr. Hero, this is what you've done all through this campaign. You've tried to, every desperate way you can to find something to detract away from the fact that you can't speak to being a sheriff and running Time. an organization like that. Time, Mayor Hero, one minute. I'm not, I don't need to look for distractions. The news are reporting the distractions, the high rate of suicide in your jail. Okay, the, the, you know, so, yes, I used to be on Russia Today, RT, International. I was reached out, uh, they reached out to me because I have a little expertise in the Middle East. I used to live there. I lived in the neighborhood of Osama bin Laden was born in. Once I found out that it was, um, had become uh, a state agent of Russia, I stopped my participation. It was not always a state at, uh, agent for Russia. So and as far as the LSE goes, the London School of